Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Okay, so hello and welcome everybody today. Another Chakra Chat on the Chakra Way, this time with Terry Lee. Now, Terry and I have a lot in common. We both work um, and are very, very passionate about the chakras. But I wanted to just give you a little uh, thing that I got off your website, Terry, which I think is brilliant. It is because I always start with people's titles. You know, what do you like to call yourself? What do you, you know? Terry has, I think, trumped all other titles. So these are her titles. Terry is a wisdom weaver, a stress whisperer, happiness amplifier, perspective enhancer, hardship softener, negativity crusher, and monkey mind shusher. (laughs) I absolutely love that because it encompasses so many beautiful things. But welcome, Terry. How are you? Thank you very much. Yesterday was my 50th birthday, so I am cloud nine. Yes, I bet you are. That's you don't look hungover, so that's good. That's a good sign. Start. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations on that, and thank you very much for joining me. Um, and it's lovely because Terry reached out to me because she felt that we had so much in common, and we have already had a private chat, which was lovely. And um, so, Terry, I want you to just tell everybody a little bit about your story, your background, and how you came to be the chakra wizard that you currently are oh that's a good title maybe I should change to chakra wizard (laughs) (laughs) yeah why not (laughs) I can't take credit for all of those titles my husband is a wordsmith beyond words he's very magical and he writes music and lyrics so he came up with all those titles Um, so how I got started when I was just a wee child I was nine years old when my dad and mom started taking intuitive development and psychic awareness type classes. 
And my dad came home from one of those classes with a psychic medium who was teaching various things. And he sat us kids down. I was nine or 10. And he said, did you know that people have this energy coming off them? That's all different colors that change. And I kind of flipped him off and I'm like, dad, yours is blue. Don't you see that? And so that's when I discovered that what I see is not quote normal for everyone else to see. And he went on to explain that he thinks that everyone has the ability to see them, but we forget about it because we're not taught or encouraged or explained about what they are when we're children. So I had the blessing of a father and a mother who were curious about those things. I think they had their own sort of midlife crisis when they were in their forties and I was nine or 10 and they started becoming very deeply spiritually aware and so for my most of my childhood, my dad and I would play, what color do you see on that person? And what do you think that means? And the frustration I had in that conversation with him, even though it was a lot of fun, was I can't tell him fast enough what I see because the aura changes so quickly. It changes constantly with someone's thoughts and their words and their feelings and their emotions. So it was probably in high school that we started studying the chakras and the way I saw that. And then I realized, oh, those are those like light bulbs that the auras come from out of the body. And I could see those too. So as I studied those, it became more clear to me. It's easier to read and identify what the chakras mean and what state the chakras are in than it is to read the auras because the auras are so transient and changing and transforming at all times. So, and then to fast forward a few more years, I, I graduated high school, went off to college and sort of put that part of myself on a shelf thinking, well, I have to be a grown up now. I have to do the adulting thing. So I went to college, got a degree, master's degree in teaching and became a high school English teacher and sort of said that part of my life is just sort of on the side for fun. And I think ignoring that part of myself really hurt because I went through some pretty significant depression that was very difficult to overcome. And one of the ways I dealt with my depression, because I don't do very well on pharmaceutical medications, is I found exercise. I started going to the gym on a regular basis. And one day at the gym, I found a yoga class. And then a friend of mine was a yoga teacher. And when I went to that yoga class in, and there were a whole wall of mirrors, I'm looking at my own eyes in the mirror and the yoga teacher is talking and the laser light show was phenomenal. Like oh what I could see, I was so distracted by what I was seeing in the auras and the chakras that I was getting yelled at by the teacher to pay attention. <laughs> my eyes and my mouth were everywhere. I was like, oh. Oh, cause I could see that the words come out of the teacher's mouth and hit the students. And then they would transform their body positions. And when they change their positions, their auras and their chakras change significantly. And so for that, it was like that part of me that I had put on a shelf woke up yeah. and said, see, you've got to pay attention to this. It was a spiritual experience. It's extraordinary. I mean, I know as a teacher that, you know, certain poses and so on, you know, and breath work, you can change your energy, you can shift and rebalance your chakras. But to be able to actually see that, to see that, the visual, the colors, I just like, <laughs> I have to confess, I'm jealous. I wish I could see that as well. 
It's very distracting most of the time. (laughs) I tell people now that what I see, I see like you see what someone's wearing in their clothes. Most of the time I don't pay attention. You don't pay attention to what someone's wearing unless it's a woman in a bikini in the middle of winter in the snow. Whoa, that's different. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise out in the wild, I just don't pay attention unless someone asks me. And that's also, you know, I don't want to read someone's aura unless they ask for it or read their chakras because that's invasive. So I try to keep my ability to see just sort of tangential unless I'm asked and called to read a chakra by a client specifically. Yeah, fair enough. And what what I interests me about your work, and I apologize for the background noise, but my upstairs neighbors just decided to start hoovering. So that's really <laughs> good. I can't hear them. Good. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully not. Um, but it's this linguistics side of it, is the impact of our language. And I have always, you know, really been fascinated by this, you know, just from a very basic um energetic terms so to give people like my most basic example is if as a child you're told to shut up you know and be quiet or whatever that's a real that can be a real trauma wound to the throat chakra energy but the the not only is it telling you to be quiet but it is literally an energetic instruction to shut up shop you know (laughs) <laughs> and the impact of that is huge you know that's a very basic in, in uh, example but I would love for you to expand on this 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 how you came to I mean obviously you know you're a wordsmith you've taught English and so on but how did you come to apart from this obviously yeah, you you witnessed the changes as the words came out how are you using that now how have you sort of finessed it well let me start with how I discovered it as I was in that yoga class, I realized, well, I can't, I want to study this. And after years of high school, of college and teaching high school and teaching literature and language, and the reason I chose English was because I wanted to be able to speak more clearly about what I could see. And the only way to do that is to really study the poetics of words. Mm. And, language. Yeah. and so my first love was creative writing. And I wanted to be a writer as well. So that passion of writing and language and poetry blended with going to this yoga class and watching words come out of the teacher's mouth and change the students. So I decided very quickly, well, I guess I have to become a yoga teacher because then I can use my classroom as a laboratory and I can test what words I use and how I use them and how they impact my students. And then I became a yoga teacher's teacher. So I was training yoga teachers on how to use their voice to impact the students as they were teaching. And I used for 10, 15 years, I was traveling across America teaching yoga teachers in yoga studios and studying what sounds come out in what ways and how do they impact the body and how do they shift and change the chakras. Can you give me some examples? I'd love to hear some examples of this. Well, your shut up example is a great example. Let me give you a little bit more specificity about that. The phrase shut up, shut is a visual. We think of the word shut and it's like slamming a door. But the sound of the word shut, it starts soft and and then it's abrupt, T. So it's very harsh and it has that hitting energy. So when someone hears the word shut, it's almost like getting slapped. Mm. And then the word up also has 
a sharp ending, but it's a softer ending with the le- the letter P. But those two U sounds, uh, oh, mm-hmm. it yeah. gives you that oh feeling. Yeah. yeah. So it's really about how the sounds of the letters and the sounds of the vowels impact our body because that's vibrational waves. Mm. And as I was studying yoga, I, I got to learn that in the original Sanskrit, they were very precise about which letters they chose to use. And the letters have intentional energies. So I'll just give you an example of three vowels. The oo sound, long in, in Sanskrit, that's the long U. And in yoga, we use words like utanasana or ustrasana. Utanasana would be chair pose and ustrasana is rad or camel pose. That oo sound is very grounding. It gives your body the sensation of rooting down and it's root. Ooh. So that ooh sound makes your body think you are rooting down and anchoring and getting steady. So that's a very root chakra sound. So if you want to have a root chakra impact on students or on people, use the ooh sound. Ah, the A-A-H sound, the anahata of the heart chakra, that ah sound is very opening. And it actually opens up your whole throat right into your heart. And it's meant to open your heart and your lungs and your arms. So when we use words like asana, which is the pose of yoga, it's intended to open us up. And then E, that long I sound, like trikanasana, Mm -hmm. which is tree pose or triangle pose, or vrikshasana, which is tree pose, that long E, I sound is lengthening. It makes you grow. (laughs) And so I watched this after a, of linguistics, like Sanskrit expert taught me those three sounds. I watched this and I played with it in my own teaching and I used it first with the Sanskrit, but then I realized it even works better with our native language of English. So I would carefully choose my words. Like I would say the word root because that would create the visual image of rooting. And I knew it had the ooh sound of grounding. Mm. And so I would emphasize the word root your feet. And that would really make my students root more and their root chakras would amplify and energize more. And presumably similarly with the R and the E, if you're wanting to. And it's interesting you bring that up because this um, chakra toning is something that I've been looking into recently. And and I was talking to another interviewee about it um, recently as well. And she was saying that you know, this E, you can, and you can play with it with your voice as well. So you can go right from the highest E that you can do, and don't worry, I'm not going to start singing, down to the lowest E that you can do. And you, you can find whereabouts within between the throat and the crown that E sits. And then with the R, it's between the throat and the solar plexus. And then for the O, it's from the solar plexus down to the root. And you can tone up and down this this your entire scale how many scales you can do in your own voice but if you sound it out and then listen where that resonates in your body you will find that resonant sound that belongs to each chakra and I bloomin love that I think it's <laughs> such a powerful thing because you know vibration resonance is everything and if we can you know using our voices using word 
sound noise is is a hugely powerful tool which you know i think is one of the things that i'm finding fascinating about you is that you can really implement it into your teaching and into your work so you use specific words to bring out a specific energy in your students yeah how else do you use language in your in your work well it started with the teaching of yoga, but then I realized that yoga is not accessible to most of the population in terms of going to a 90 minute or a 60 minute class. And many people just don't have the body structure and awareness to be able to do a full yoga class. So I wanted to take what I learned and what I understand about yoga and call it down into a practice that the average everyday Joe could do. And I wanted to blend the linguistics and the sounds of language and letters with physical action that I saw with yoga. And then also add that to breath because breath is really the deepest magic of yoga because breath is where the life force lives and breath is where the atoms and molecules make the most change and shift in our chemistry. Yeah. And so I created what I call the Mosey method and the Mosey method is a series of exercises. I have seven base Mosey exercises, one for each chakra. And then when clients come to me with specific issues, I can personalize a Mosey method exercise for their issue. And what the Mosey method exercise is, is it's a simple 10 second to 30 second body action. Usually it's just a shift in posture or a movement that they can do very easily. Linking that to a very specific affirmation where the letters and the words are carefully crafted and curated to that intention, and then link that to a very specific breathwork practice. And so they can do all three of that, breath, breath and mindful intention affirmation and that action in mm -hmm. less than 30 seconds. And if you do that several times a day, it has a massive impact on your system. Okay, it's this, not this, like smacking you with something and then you have to integrate it into your life. You are integrating it into your life already. Okay. Well, give can you are you able to give me an example of one just so that we can kind yes. of have an idea? So one like that I curated specifically for I'll give you two. One I curated specifically for a client and one for a specific chakra, one of the base exercises for the chakras. So the one I curated specifically for a client. She came to me and she said, I'm in my 50s. I've spent my entire life as a strong, independent woman. I raised two children by myself and I built my career in the masculine corporate world to be CFO of two companies. And I've lived my life as a very masculine woman to do so. You know, and this, this is something that I come across a lot. This is, this is such a common issue. This is really smart. Yeah, sorry to interrupt and it's very common for women in the Gen X stage, because in order for us as women in our 50s to get ahead, we had to be very masculine in our energy yeah. to climb that corporate ladder. Absolutely. And she was saying to me, now as I'm going through menopause, I want to claim more femininity. I want to be more soft. I don't have to fight anymore because I got my career where I want it. I want to relax and be the, the mother earth feminine woman that I know is inside me, but I've trained myself to be so masculine. Yeah, so I told as we, her, as we all have had to, you know, you've, you, 
the world is a you know is a very masculine the, the patriarchy has made women become more female more more masculine in, in their energetic sense you know more solar in their energetic sense and and i just wanted to put in a little drop in here and say i don't blame the men for this you know i think the patriarchy hurts men as much as it hurts women it's right. a it's a rebalance that we all have to do um and so yeah sorry i'll i'll stop interjecting <laughs> so she had said the affirmation herself, I am a strong, independent woman, which is a very, very common affirmation women use today. It's on all the dating shows. All the women want to be strong, independent women. Yeah. And the sounds of the phrase strong, independent are very masculine. Strength is a very masculine energy. Yeah. And independent has those short vowels and very sharp, potent, deep, P D. Yeah. Yeah. It's got all of that sharpness in it. And not at all feminine. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I I gave her a Mosey method exercise where I taught her to move her body more fluidly, more sacral chakra, fluid joint movement, more feminine flowing movement. And I said, while you do that movement, you say to yourself, I am a phenomenal woman. Or you could even read the poem that Maya Angelou wrote. I am a phenomenal woman. Phenomenally, that's me. Where you're repeating the phrase phenomenal woman instead of independent. Instead of strong independent, she's saying phenomenal. And the F, M, N, L sounds of phenomenal are very feminine. Mm. And they're very flowing. And they're much more soft. And so she did this exercise. She read the poem out loud. She did the flowing movement. She repeated in her mind, phenomenal woman, as she's breathing smoother, softer breath, rather than hard masculine breath, she's breathing softer, flowing breath. And within two weeks, she came back to me at her next session. And she said, I did something that is so out of character for me, but it felt so natural and so right. I found myself in a department store and I bought a flowy dress and I wore that flowy dress the next day at work and I got more compliments and I got more respect from the men in my work than I've ever felt before. And I felt so feminine. Wow. So changing that two words into two different words, strong independent into phenomenal woman, and then adding the physical action of it with Mm. the bro. And doing it 20 times a day yeah, really made her evolve into that softness. I love that. I so love that. that. Another example, I said I'd give you two. The second mm-hmm. one would be what is one for the chakra? Mm-hmm. So the heart chakra, we said, is opening, right? And the heart chakra is anahata, is the name for the heart chakra. And it's about opening. So obviously, the exercise we want to do is opening. So I teach my clients a very specific posture about how to align their shoulders in place and open up their breastbone and their chest while at the same time broadening the the shoulder blades across the back without pinching them. And that's something we're often taught, roll your shoulder blades back, but you end up pinching them and that's blocking the chakra in the back. Yes. So you want to open the chakra both in front and back. And the way I teach that is with goalpost and then dropping the elbows down to the ribs. 
Mm. And as the elbows drop down to the ribs, that's where the shoulder blades flatten and you can feel your chest open and your back open. Yeah. Yeah. And when you do that, you can really focus on a deep, full, open breath. And you'll notice that your breath is fuller and you can get more air. And a very simple affirmation is, ah, I am open. That's so nice because that ah is, that's an, that's an emotion. That's, that's not saying anything. That's just an expression of emotion, isn't it? Um, Right. That's beautiful. And that's where affirmations work the best is when they become an emotion that change our chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting to just go, ah, I had not thought of that one before. I love that. Yeah. So you've got ones that are standard for each chakra that you can give out as a, just a general. But then if I was to come to you as a client, you would specify which ones specifically for, for me. I love this. And so the Mozzie method, I was looking on your website and I know I was going to, you knew I was going to get around to this question. Mozzie, the Mozzie method is named after a very cute looking dog. <laughs> I'm all about the dog stories. So tell me, how did Mozzie inspire you to the Mozzie method? So I had created the system and I was working with it for a long time, but I didn't have a name for it. And I had prayed and meditated and done all the the exercises to try to come up with a name. So finally, one day I went to a park and it happened to be a dog park where there was open sky and there was woods and there was lots of open nature land. And I found a big oak tree and I sat with that oak tree and I said, I'm not leaving this tree until I have a name for my mm-hmm. system, for my methodology. Mm-hmm. And I was not sitting there for more than five minutes doing my mosey exercises, breathing, just enjoying nature when out of the woods, out of nowhere, bounded up this giant Great Dane. His head was like this big. And he he comes bounding through the woods and he came right up next to me. He sat next to me and he touched his nose to my cheek. Just a tiny little nose kiss. And then like a pogo stick, he like leapt over my legs and did the same thing on my other cheek. No slobber, just a nose touch. And finally, after he did that one, then his owners come walking out of the woods and they call him and they said, Mosey, come. And he runs and he runs a circle around them. And then he came back to me and did it again. And then by that time, they were going away and they called him again, Mosey, come. And it was so clear. Mosey is the name because he embodied everything that the Mosey method does. When you learn the seven chakras, Mosey method exercises, and you practice them systematically one after another so that they become your new normal, your new normal of how you hold your body and what you think and how you breathe, it creates this vibrant energy of like, I'm here and life is grand. And that's what Mosey was. Yeah. The piece that's not on my website is a couple of years later, like I didn't never spoke to the owners and I never had any other contact I thought, but it was probably four or five years later, I'm back at that same park and he's there. And I got to meet the owners and I got to pull up my website and say, I named my system after your dog. <laughs> <laughs> what did they say? They gave me access to their iCloud 
pictures file of all his pictures. Oh, that's so gorgeous. Oh, that's honestly, dogs are the best. Animals are the best at, at connecting you and making you understand because I think they, they have this purity of heart that is undeniable on the whole. Right. And nothing more gorgeous than a huge dog. Like, <laughs> I love that. So much love. It's just yeah so so this is your main route of of sharing the wisdom of the chakras and you don't teach yoga anymore or do you you I do privately for people one-on-one I don't teach in groups and I don't travel to yoga studios anymore yeah I do have a podcast not a podcast I have an online course when I was teaching I offered I recorded all my classes live and so I have those on a library on my online school. Yeah. So there's over 300 live recorded mm. yoga practices there. Yeah. So, I mean, it, is this your, I mean, I know obviously you are, um, you know, the, you've, the, the chakras have been ingrained in you. This energy work has been within you since you were a small child. And this is something that is so valuable. Um, there's a big part of me that really wants to try to access kids so that they have this underlying knowledge before they start off on life. So it's just kind of like a basic, you know, like looking both ways when you cross the road. It's like, you know, that's what you've got to do. I I would love it if all children just knew that they had an energetic body within them and that this is, you know, how how it worked in general. But how else do you go about in your in your work in um, in expanding people's knowledge and understanding of the chakras? Because this is my challenge. You know, my podcast. Yes. Great. I have lovely loyal listeners and that's beautiful. I have my courses. They're great, but they're quite niche. And, you know, I, I just oh, I feel like this big urge to just allow this to expand even bigger. And I know that we have the same goal in 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 common. So what's your kind of feeling about the way in which chakras can be out there in a more sort of, you know, sort of common, common vernacular in the world? Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Well, I do work like you do very systematically through the chakras. And I haven't, I work one-on-one privately with clients as a coach. I call it my sacred mentorship where I work them through the chakras and that's the bulk of my work. But I'm also very good because the Mosey method is so accessible. It's so easy to do. And I can, 
I can teach it without ever using the word chakra. I can teach it by describing posture, body mechanics, the nervous system, the respiratory system. I can teach it entirely as a system that is helping you be healthier and to deal with mental health and emotional health and even as a focus and mental capacity skill. And so I do often get called in to teach at workshops and events for corporate trainings, or I've done events at public schools. I did an event for a dentist office where they were all really tight and knotted up because they were all looking at people's mouths all the time. So I did a lunch and learn where once a week I came in and taught all the dentists and hygienists how to relax their nervous systems. And I walked them through the Mosey method without ever using any woo-woo language. Yeah. And that's the magic of it is that the Mosey method is accessible to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And I just It's really sensible. I think there's a lot of people, I know several people who, who will subscribe to the same thing they'll get to the same point but they want to go through a slightly different route they want to go through the physical you know what chemical hormonal whatever it is system they want to understand it on a on a cellular physical level rather than just going which I think is much shorter route oh that's obvious yes we'll get <laughs> That doesn't work for everybody. Yeah. And, and he, we need to be able to justify what we're saying. And I find the more I talk to people who are scientists, doctors, you know, proper medicinal type, um, you know, practitioners who've really studied and really have an understanding of physiology and psychology and anatomy and all of that, that helps back everything up. But what I get to is with that is that they tell me all this stuff and they, they've gone this very complicated, interesting, albeit route round and come to exactly the same place. I'm there <laughs> but then that's so I think it is it's key that we do make it accessible yeah to a load of medical practitioners like dentists it's really important that they that they can justify it and I think that's probably the main point isn't it actually it's this right. justification of it rather than just going oh god you know his mates going oh god you've gone all woo-woo and weird and you know you'll be you know tromping around a fire, waving incense any minute, and they can go, no, actually, and roll out a load of statistics and information. Because I think it's um, it's very interesting when you look at how men communicate as opposed to women, we're very much more, women are on the whole, even though men's and women's brains are exactly the same, it's just the sort of the society of it, I suppose. But women tend to share how they feel, what they're thinking, Men like to trade facts. They like to trade information, and that's a good conversation for them. So we need to furnish the men who and and the, the scientists, if you like, with the information. And I think you do that very well. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I think that's part of just how my brain works is if things get a little too woo as an esoteric and metaphysical. I feel that lack of grounding. And so I need to have that practical, sensible, common sense side to balance it out. And it just works better. Yeah. For me. Yeah. No, you're right. Because, you know, in, in, you know, in, in terms of our energy system, if we're all up in our esoterics, all up in our ethereal, which is these top two or three chakras, 
and we've we've forgotten to ground we're floating off on a sky on a cloud and it's maybe a nice place to be but it's not the real world it's not actually going to help us in practical terms because we have to whether we like it or not live in the real world we can't live up on a cloud and you're going well, we have to pay the bills yeah <laughs> Exactly. Very grounded root chakra. It is. It is terrifyingly so. Yeah, absolutely. And so the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about was um, your sort of your journey in terms of like what you've been through, because I don't think that you're you know on the whole people don't get to this stage of being a teacher as you are without having had some adversary and I don't want to go into it too heavily but I just want I feel like it gives people hope who are going through stuff to hear about you know the people's journeys and the story is always really interesting so I'd love to hear a bit I'd love to share um I hinted a little bit about how when I went through college I put that part of myself on a shelf. And by putting that esoteric magic work on a shelf, I, and ignoring myself, I went sunk into a pretty heavy depression. And I think that coupled with my body reacting to a high dose of lots of antibiotics as a kid, it just shook me up and that forced me into the yoga practice. So it was this problem I had of wanting to commit suicide and not loving myself and being ignoring a huge aspect of who I am forced me to find solutions that actually o- opened up this avenue of this is your career as a yoga teacher, as a chakra master, as a linguistics professor in many ways, and a Mosey method curator. Then I, I spent many years from that point, probably spent about 10 years studying the practice and developing the Mosey method and working with it with my yoga students. And then what happened was my husband at the time, my first husband, he decided it was a very sad story. And that's a whole nother podcast. He decided he wanted to be a monk and meditate 18 hours a day without consulting with me. And he just went into a shell and hid. And when I tried to pull him out and say, wait, there's a marriage here. There's a life here. He's a, he was a epitome of going way up into the crown chakra and not having any grounding left. And when I tried to pull him out and I asked him to go to counseling and to work with me, he hit me. And so he threw me over a chair and said some vulgar words at me over and over again. It was a very, very dramatic assault. And this was shortly after we had gone through, it was a few years after we had gone through a very intense shamanic training together. And I think the shamanic training just pulled him too far into the upper chakras. And so from that day on, it was a a earthquake in my life because I was then left homeless. He had the money to keep the home. I was left homeless and with no husband and with no health insurance. And so I just packed my dog and my car and I went on the road and I kept teaching yoga students and yoga teachers as like I already had, but I, instead of going away once a month, I just booked job after job after job. And I traveled for six years without a home. Wow. I had places I could go as home. Yeah. That was when I really had to employ 
I had to use the mosey method for myself. Yeah. Make sure. Yeah. Like this works. Yes. As I was going through a major metamorphosis of my own system and going, my root chakra was totally upended. I didn't have the home anymore. And Mm -hmm. I had to figure out how to make myself home everywhere I went and use the mosey method. And so my affirmation then is home is where I am. Not where my heart lives, not where someone else lives, not where the house is, but I live, people would ask, where do you live? And I said, I live in my body. And that (laughs) with the Mosey method that I was doing, the seven chakras of the Mosey method, every time I said, I live in my body, it, it worked. And eventually then I did end up getting a new home and decide settling down with a new man, an amazing husband who calls me a monkey mind shusher. (laughs) (laughs) And now I have a house and, and I am living the life that I'm just like Mosey. I'm bounding through the woods saying, let me show you what I know about life. Yeah, that's extraordinary. That's such an, ex- I, I mean, I oh, people, every person you pass on the street has a fascinating story, but to be able to hear people's is, is a real privilege. Thank you for sharing that with me. That was a big story. That's a massive transformation that you went through. Big, very traumatic as well. And, but now you're settled, you've got yourself you know, clients, I mean, I'm looking at your website, you've got tons of really lovely testimonials and all the rest of it. But I also noticed that you have, um, I mean, maybe uh, books, you have books, you've written books. Tell me about these books, because they look cool. I have seven books on Amazon. I've self-published every one of them. One of them is the story of my living homeless. It's starts, the first chapter is the day that my husband hit me. And then it takes you through the adventure of finding myself. So that's my memoir. It's called The Gift Inside the Wound. Another one, probably my most popular book is The Goldilocks Principle, which is a practical guide to the chakras. And that walks you through the specific, what are the chakras? How do they work? And how do they work within the nervous system? And that text is used very commonly in yoga teacher trainings now to teach yoga teachers how to teach the chakras. Um, and then the other one that's probably the easiest to, to access is the Mosey method. It's just a very short 80 page book that teaches you in writing the seven main chakra Mosey method exercises. Beautiful. I mean, they look really cute as well. I love the design of them and everything. You know, that's, I'm always, you know, despite the fact that I teach chakras, that this is my world and my business, um, I still adore reading books that distill the chakras down into this very easy um, sort of bite-sized and easy to digest and to take away, you know, literally to kind of put in the back of your pocket and take with you kind of um, energy that that, that it has. And I find that there's something, I always get something from those books, um, even if they're just like little, just like, oh yeah, I like that. There's just like a little new perspective or a little enhancement or a new word. And given that you are such a, a master of linguistics, I'm going to be fascinated to see the language that you use in these books as well. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And really- as a fun thing over COVID, I wrote a novel. So that was a whole different adventure. And 
So that that one's out there. It's called The Shadows Shine. And it's about a 12-year-old girl who loses her best friend and how she faces grief. And she sees grief actually as a personified character and how she engages with him mm. in her adventure. That's interesting. I mean, that's a that's a whole nother big topic that um I am always interested in is grief because I think we spend a lot of time certainly in the west we're not great at it I know I've said this before we're not great at grief we don't have many processes we don't have a structure around it we just um quietly back away from the person who's grieving and grief is not just about losing a loved one a person a family member a friend a partner it's about losing a pet it's about losing um you know grieving a friendship you know maybe a best a good friend has moved away or the relationship has broken down or you can grieve the lack of you know the loss of your youth um you can grieve the fact that you know you used to have you know a nice flat stomach and now you don't or there's any number of things that we can find to grieve about you know even just a lost piece of sentimental something you know it's just a piece of stuff but it held something for us so we and we don't address that. And I think our generation, again, uh, sort of Gen Xers, when we were children, if we experienced any trauma or any loss, then there was no processing it. There was zero. Move on. Yeah. It's just so we don't talk about that anymore. You know, grandma's, grandma's fine. And, you know, we move on with our lives. And I think that has created a huge amount of wounding and trauma um, and unprocessed stuff that our generation and older holds because we just don't talk about it. We don't talk about it. Not appropriate subject matter to discuss. And it doesn't matter where you come from, you know, in I think the UK, I will exclude Ireland because Ireland have a fantastic morning process. They all just go and sit around in the house for a week, getting drunk and eating stew and having a party. And, you know, there's the so many other cultures that do, do grieve that sort of basic primary, what we think of as grief better um, than us. And, yeah. and so if your book addresses how a 12 year old grieves, that for a lot of us, we have to go back to that inner child and do the grieving for them, like hold their hand through that grieving process. So that sounds to me like a pretty important book, actually, Terry. Thank you. And you did mention how important it is to teach our children about the energies. And really, that's what the book is, is it's a young adult novel to teach children about grief and how to how she processes grief on her own way, because no one is showing her how. Mm, beautiful yeah well we definitely need more we need more of that in our life for sure so one thing but before we go I want to just touch on because you've mentioned it a couple of times this monkey mind shusher that you are (laughs) (laughs) how do you shush the monkey mind because we all have it like my example the other day I was on the beach it was the most beautiful evening you know, it was sparkling sand, the sun was setting, it was warm, the sea was warm, I was, you know, the sand was soft, I was just like, on my own, just wandering along, going, this is heaven, and I had to resist with everything in my body, 
to go get out my phone, take a photograph, call someone, share it, da-da, as if like it didn't exist. Like my monkey mind was like, this doesn't exist unless you do something with it. But it was honestly, I really, really noticed that. I was like, can we just be in the moment, please? I'm just a <laughs> So what is your what are your monkey, monkey mind shushing tips? Because we all need some of those. So I'll give you a mosey method exercise. Okay. It always comes back to that, a mind intention, a body action with a breath. And the best way to shut up the the monkey mind is to go upside down. Get your head down below your heart. And it's like all those thoughts drain out of your head like a upside down salt shaker. So physically putting your head down as you think, I am calm. Because monkey mind is not calm. Mm -hmm. So I'm calm. And that A-L-M is om. It's almost like om. Yes, it is. It's vibrational. Uh, it starts with that hard, which is what monkey mind is. It's ka. And then it, oh, it just takes that hard and softens it. So I am calm as you breathe out more than you breathe in. Because the breathing out is then letting those thoughts come out of your breath. Yeah. Okay. So everybody, headstand. Here we come. Yeah, I love that. You don't have to be able to stand on your head. You can just sit and put your head between your knees. Just lowering the head. Yeah, I mean, inversions are hugely powerful for the mind, body and spirit. They are important. And people are scared of them because they go upside down and they go, I don't know. You know, it's terrifying, scary, but it's so powerful. That's right. It's hard to be thinking too much when you're upside down. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I mean, I'm I'm sorry, Terry, I'm really all I want you to do is is explain words to me right now. <laughs> so for what is in it um in terms of the the Manipura solar plexus chakra, the manifest the, the affirmation rather that I use is I am empowered, which I love. It works for me. What is your so how does the word empowered sit with you in your linguistic analysis? I love the word empowered because it is a blend of the masculine and the feminine. Power is very masculine, but M is very feminine. Yeah. The the W is also feminine within power. So it gives you that balance of both punchy, strong, and long-lasting endurance. Okay. So I, I love the word empowered. I want to give a caveat to this, though. We have to be very careful about how we feel about a word. Mm. Because yeah. where you may love that, and the sounds may be masculine and feminine, if someone had a childhood where the the parents or someone trained them that the word empowered was a bad word, mm. or they were told you don't have any, you're not empowered, mm-hmm. you're disempowered, or you know, if they have those connotations, it's not going to work. Yeah. So you have to be careful to choose words that really make you feel inside yourself yes yes I can understand that yeah they have to you know I mean this is what I always say I always give very basic affirmations as an idea but then I say you have to go and search and look and see you know because you just put in anything put in solar plexus affirmations and you'll come up with dozens and lists and lists and lists and you need to find the one that you go oh yeah that one's for me and it, it resonates but I'm finding it very interesting that you find um masculine and feminine and i'm assuming this is like the solar lunar yin yang energy 
within words um, in finding that balance. So just talk me through. So what I've understood so far is that the hard sounds, so the T's, the K, the P, the K, T, are, are quite sort of strong. They're the, the solar words. And the ones with the softer sounds, the arm and the um and the e, and the lovely sort of soft, cozy ones, they're the more feminine. So we can we can really analyze the language that we use. I mean, even somebody's name can hold yeah. a power. Yes. So we have to be very precise, not just about the meaning of the word, but the sound that it creates because that sound is the vibration and then how it's impacting our moods and emotions and so a good way to leave this conversation is to say if you're having trouble finding that perfect word call me for a session and I do free initial sessions and in those initial sessions I can help you understand but really when I work with clients I help them by because I can say a word and I can see how it hits them yeah and then I can have them say it. I can see how it emanates off of them. So then I can say, oh, yes, that's the word. Or, so oh, no, that's not quite right because it's not quite hitting the right energy. So can you see um, when you have sessions on Zoom? So can you see people's chakras or as so you're seeing mine right now? Yes. What does it look like? I'm desperate to know. <laughs> well, the word you're. I'm coming up with now is curious. You are so curious right now and you're so eager and excited. It, so it, it's almost like taffy. Pull that more like, Oh, I want more of that. I want to see what else is under there. What else is under there? And how long can I make that taffy? So yeah. your, your aura is looking like that. I can't tell you what color it is because it keeps changing. <laughs> <laughs> it must be so distracting seeing this beautiful color show, like the Northern Lights around every person that you come across. That must just be, I can't even begin to imagine. It's been, it's, it's absolutely fascinating. Well, listen, Terry, I really, as, as you can tell, I could sit here for hours, just kind of pulling out of you all the stuff that I want to hear. But um, it's we've. I think we've given the people a lot to think about, and of course, I will put all of Terry's um, links and so on in the in the show notes so that you can get in touch with her. But yeah, is there anything else you want to leave us with? Any magic words to round us off? I think off? the most important thing is the most important lesson I teach all my clients: learn how to breathe. If you learn how to breathe, you can change your auras and your chakras instantly. And if you can make that breathing a more conscious, mindful breath, and then eventually add the words and the sounds and the body actions to it. But the breath is where it comes first. The breath is so, so powerful. Yeah. And I, I'm with you. Um, and whilst we're promoting stuff, I've actually got on my website a free resource of a, of a, it was a workshop that I did called The Power of Your Breath, which is about an hour long. It's 20 minutes on the sort of the understanding why the breath is so powerful and then 40 minutes of breath work. I, I agree with you. Breath work is the only thing, you know, I mean, that's why we yeah, it's, it's a, it, the work that we do with asana in yoga is really just so that we can open up the body to receive the breath. And that is our energy flow, controlling our life force. Yeah. If we learned anything from COVID and the death of George Floyd, it's that we need to breathe. 
Yes. Breath is the exchange of life force energy and the oneness we share with everybody. So bring the community together by breathing. Mm, beautiful. What a perfect way to end. Thank you so much, Terry. Thank you so much for joining um, me and Terry today. Um, I loved our chat. I thought it was very interesting. I think there is always, when you delve into energy and linguistics and breath work, how can it not be just enthralling? I love it. And I thought Terry was so fascinating. And her journey is um, is really quite something. Her books look lovely. And Honestly, if there's something that sparked, you know, this is why I do these podcasts. Like if you listen to someone and you go, oh my God, I'm really connected with that person. That's why I'm bringing them to you because I want everybody to find the person that is going to work for them. You know, whether it's Terry or it's me or it's somebody else. Um, sometimes we all need our hand holding through whatever life is happens to be chucking at us that particular day. So, um... You can reach Terry at terrylee.com. The link is in the show notes and also in the show notes, the link to chakra-way.com where you can find all of my stuff. So the chakra readings, my brand new, beautiful, shiny chakra course, the chakra way journey is there. Um, And it was interesting, you know, both Terry and I work in a similar way as in working one-to-one with private clients, moving through the chakras, building up, balancing, learning, and encompassing the breath work, the body work, the mind work. It's all there. So beautiful. So if you're interested, please do get in touch. And I will look forward to seeing you again or speaking to you again very soon. Take care now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.